Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Reaching the Summit podcast. You got myself, Todd Buckingham, and Zach Dosh joining me today. Greg is is not able to join us, so we got the two of us today. Welcome, Zach. Yeah, looking forward to it. So I know you have some notes, so I'll kind of let you do that part, but I thought we would start in with the, the net rankings just came out, and I'll just list them, maybe not every one, but I'll list off a few. Oral Roberts is first with at, at a net ranking of 70. Then you have St. Thomas at 130, South Dakota State at 138, and then Denver at 194. The only plus 300 is uh, North Dakota State at 333. Uh, so I think some good news that that I think what we've been talking about all year, where they're, the 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 Top maybe isn't as good, but the the bottom and middle are a little more squished together. Seems to be playing out there. Um, and then a couple other things I we've talked about Oral Roberts scheduling. Uh, what would you call it? Their their philosophy, I suppose, and and that seems to be playing out pretty good for them at least right now. And then you got Denver, who has lost only one game all year, almost at 200 which also I think speaks a little bit to where Coach Mills talked about that when you beat those 300-plus Division I teams, it actually kind of hurts your team and your net ranking. And that seems to be playing out a little bit for Denver. Um, And then North Dakota State, who would have thought we'd ever have them at 333 on the first net rankings? Uh, Any other thoughts with the net rankings in general? Well, just so people understand what we're talking about when we're talking net rankings. So <clears throat> essentially how the formula works is it's a little bit of a mystery, but it's something to the effect of your team value index. In other words, beating quality teams, especially on the road and adjusted net effic- uh, efficiency rating, uh, which adjusts for the quality of the opponent. So essentially factoring the strength of schedule into uh, who you're playing and where you're playing them. Um, also all the games carry the same weight. So, you know, you have a good win in November and it counts the same as a good win in February. So it doesn't necessarily adjust for that. So it's a little bit more of a simple, uh, equation than, um, like a Ken Palm ranking. Ken Palm is more like how you're playing right. and net ranking is more like who are you beating? And so, but the biggest thing that the definition doesn't talk about is exactly how it values um, just some of these higher level uh, or, or worse um, NCAA teams. And and that's really where Coach Mills re- has really been right on with this. Um, <clears throat> you know, their net ranking is 70. Like if it's a, we were talking before we hit record here, if their net rank, if Oral Roberts net ranking is 70 at the end of the year and they win the conference, that means they're way higher than the playing game. That means right. they're probably oh, like a like a fourteen like a thirteen or fourteen seed, which right. is a, a big deal. Um, so you know, but you also have to get your team ready to play, and so that's where a lot of these teams are trying to find their balance. You know, Oral Roberts they know what they have. They know what they have. The group of guys they've been through uh, the ups and downs of a conference season. Many of these guys have played in the NCAA tournament. You know, they're not necessarily trying to find out who they are. They're trying to get that. They're trying to dial in that net ranking, and then. You know, conversely, you have like Denver and, and St. Thomas and, and some of these other schools that are just trying to establish a winning culture, quite frankly. And so, 
the 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 other thing that we were talking about the the schedules that these teams are playing are so vastly different that as much as I want to get into a bunch of statistical analysis here um beyond like where their opponents are ranked you just can't do it it's just it's so these teams have played it's it's almost worse than ever i mean the difference between omaha south dakota state and south dakota's schedule and st thomas denver and maybe western illinois schedule it just it couldn't be further different yeah. and uh and it, it's just it's it's pretty wild but just so everybody kind of understands the background of like you know net rankings ken palm and you know what the best part about this is we got about a week or so left and then those stuff those things don't really matter yeah. <laughs> because then we just get into conference play and it's yeah. just like okay where are they at in the standings you know the uh, the ken palm is just meant all this stuff is just meant to kind of give context because otherwise when you hear us talk about texas southern or pacific or all these schools it's just it's like it's hard to know what that even means. And so, you know, the net rankings, Ken Palm rankings is just meant to add a little bit of context. Right. Yeah. The net, then I wish I remembered what South Dakota state's <clears throat> net was last year going into the tournament, but I have a feeling it was around where Oral Roberts is now. Um, and they ended up with a 14 last yeah. year, 13. I can't remember. I think they snuck in just under a hundred. Yeah. 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 So, but it's, yeah. But, but to your point, like, I mean, some of these discrepancies, you know, like one of the biggest ones is St. Thomas uh, being at 138 net, but 230, but 216 Ken Palm. Right. Or I'm, I'm yeah. sorry. No, St. Thomas, St. Thomas is 130 net. Yeah. 130 net. 130. <clears throat> yeah. And then 216 Ken Palm. So that means that they're beating teams, but they're not beating good teams and they're not playing really convincingly doing so. Now, yeah. it may or may not matter, but that's just that's kind of how you're supposed to interpret it. You know, uh, Denver with eight wins and a can and a net ranking of 194. I mean, there's nobody around them in the net rankings that has anywhere close to eight wins, which right. means their schedule is about as weak as it possibly gets. You know, not right or wrong. Yeah. I, I, sh I shouldn't say that. It's weak when you look at their division one game. I would right. actually argue that whole Roberts schedule is almost weaker than Denver's. Right. But because they the, played four non D ones. Right. Yeah. The, the, the catch is that division twos don't count. Yeah. So anyway, lot, lot to then, go in here just to try to add some context, but yeah. And Oral Roberts then beat Tulsa. Mm -hmm. Who's, who's, you know, round a hundred. They're not a, 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 an amazing team, but took St. Mary's with, with lost by seven or eight. Yeah. And so, like, I think that's, even though they've lost some of those games, they played well. So I think that's helped a little bit too. Yeah. Uh, that's another good question is just like, how well does that factor in? I'm not sure like if, if performing well, like performing well and losing, I think would matter more in Ken Palm than net, yeah, but you I'm not think 100% so. sure. Yeah. I mean, so, so Tulsa is around 178 Ken Palm, 234 net. So they're actually a lot higher than I initially thought to before I looked that up. And then Texas Southern is, you know, 250 Ken Palm, 258 net. So, right. I mean, both, like they have Oral Roberts has two uh, Division One wins this year. That's it. Yeah. And yep. yet they have, a net, they have a net ranking of 70. That's insane. Right. Um, the only school in the Summit League with less Division One wins than Oral Roberts is NDSU right now, who, yeah. who, does, who is still looking for their first. So isn't you know, that a like, crazy statement? 
Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, a couple pay games in there, but you know, they, they dropped Portland tonight and that's Portland's about as good. I mean, they're really good. I, I was, I was really, yeah, I was really impressed when they played UND. So, I mean, they, they've had some opportunities. There's some like opponents in there. I mean, you know, NDSU, they're shooting 40% from the floor. Obviously, Grant Nelson injury factors into all this. Um, they're giving up 40 per, or they're shooting 40% of the floor. They're, they're last in the summer league in team defense at 80 points per game. And again, huge grain of salt. They've played some pay games. It's not as applicable as, as in conference stats will be, but when's the last time you saw NDSU giving up 80 points a game to anybody? Right. Yeah. It, I mean, we're, that's just, we're, yeah. We're just a couple years away from taking Kansas to the wire or last yeah. year. Right? Was it last year? It was either last year or the year before. I mean, Rocky Cruiser had a layup to win it. Yeah. You know? And and so, you know, like 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 with any team that relies on young kids, they're going to be really up and down. They just haven't quite had the peaks that I thought. You know what I mean? Like, I knew that they were going to have some rough games. Yeah, they're going to get sideways every now and then. But they also have talent. And it just it hasn't quite all came together yet. And, um, you know, they're, they're playing a deep rotation. They're playing nine maybe 10 guys and they're kind of in the same deal that UND is in where they're they're struggling because they have to play nine or ten no no coach wants to play nine or ten coaches only play nine or ten guys because they can't find five or six that can consistently bring it and so out of necessity they have to play ten um but then the problem is is then that that means they're playing four or five that are just not good that night Right. And how can you consistently be good? So it's a hell of a conundrum to pull themselves out of, you know, both UND and NDSU. They, they got to sh- pare down that rotation, but they just can't. They're trying to, but they can't. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, we talk about Denver's net ranking, which is almost 200. Would you rather be eight and one with a 194 or yeah. five and four with a 140? Yeah. I, I don't know what the answer to that is, but I don't well, know I think, that there is one necessarily. Yeah, there, there really isn't. It just, it just kind of depends on what they do with it. You know what I mean? Like, have they built on it? Have they, you know, Denver, I, I'd argue, hey man, they just establishing a culture of winning and just getting used to it and having it become a habit. That, that means something. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, we, we could sit here and say Denver, okay, eight wins, right? Well, there's only two of those wins inside the Ken Palm top 300. And there's only two Summit League teams outside of the top 300. So they're basically just beating the bottom, the absolute bottom of the conference over and over again. That's kind of one way to look right. at it. Um, but that's who's on their schedule. Like, right. we'll see if it matters. You know, I just, I'm a big believer in establishing a winning culture and starting from there and building on it and not taking any shortcuts. And so, you know, it, you got to like what they're doing. Of course, you yeah. don't want to get carried away. Of course. But, you know, Doing this without Tevin Smith, I think, is a big issue. We'll see where that stands. They're going to need him. Um, it greatly reduces their ceiling if he's not a part of this, but we'll see. Right. Yeah. And well, I, I want to go just real quick. Our our, uh, our power rankings came out today, actually. So I'm just going to name those off quick and just that maybe just a little bit into that, okay, I this doesn't make sense, or yeah. – by the end of the year, this this is going to be very different for this team or that team. So, 
Oral Roberts hit the top with six first place votes. Uh, South Dakota State second with three first place votes. Denver hit third with two. And then we have South Dakota fourth, St. Thomas fifth, Kansas City sixth, North Dakota seventh, Western Illinois eighth, North Dakota State ninth, and Omaha tenth. Yeah. I'd, I'd flip I'd flip South Dakota and Denver. Yeah. Just people really need to take a look at that South Dakota schedule and what they played. Yeah. I mean, beating, beating BYU is nothing close to what Denver has done. Right. That is, that, that's a tremendous, tremendous deal with AJ Plitzaway coming off the bench. Obviously probably not himself. He played 28 minutes, scored five points. But they held BYU to three, 34% field goal percentage. I think I thought I saw it. Like, so I didn't get a chance to watch that game. I really wish I would have. I, I read somewhere that um, South Dakota didn't score a field goal in the last 10 minutes. Yeah, like it was some, yeah, they had a huge lead and then uh, yeah. hung on. Yeah, but basically Cruz Barrel Hunt with 26 and nobody else has anything. That game right. alone, like, I think that counts as like 10 wins <laughs> uh-huh. right now. That's a very, very, very good win. If you want to talk about true power rankings, if I'm picking in, in a one-game scenario, do I think South Dakota beats Denver? At this point, I think they do. That's kind of sure. how I look at it. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah. They, I, they, I they, can't argue with that. I guys. think I would still put Denver first. just because. But I, here's the fun thing about power rankings. Like, you can decide how you're going to do that. And and I can't get too mad. I mean, sometimes people we we have about twenty people that are available to vote, and we get about fifteen every week. And so, of course, some out of fifteen, you're going to get a couple of people that I'm like, wow, that is way out there. But you can look at power rankers however you want. You can look at it as this is the best team, and I'm putting them first, or this team has looked the best recently. I'm putting so there's lots of ways to do it. I, yeah. um, and so I would put. Denver first, but if they were just match ahead of South Dakota, but if they were just matching up that, you know, I guess I, I think you're probably right. As as long if Cruz Perro Hunt plays like this, mm-hmm. they, they're very dangerous. Yeah. Um, and, and was part of why, where they were struggling <clears throat> earlier in the year, he was shooting poorly and the team was, was suffering because of that. Yeah, what about St. Thomas at five? St. Thomas at five. I mean, I I like it. I, I like it. I mean, they've it, it's really kind of interesting. So they've only only two wins inside the the Ken Palm top three hundred, right? Troy, Milwaukee, those are pretty good wins. I I think that especially that Troy is. I think they're top two hundred. Yeah. Um, but then they also have two games against like literally the worst teams in college basketball. Right. And then two lower level games. So that's kind of how their their wins comprise themselves right now. Now. Um, they got their backcourt figured out Miller and Rody, but you know, it's still, Rody's still just being a, a, a true freshman kind of gives me a little bit of a pause there. Um, I think they've probably earned that. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm less passionate about below say four or five. I think you can really, it's really more of a toss up. It's really harder to stand on the table and say this team, not that team. Um, they're yeah. shooting 50% from the field on the season. And if a team does that like once, it's a pretty good accomplishment. And they're averaging that 
from the field this season. So is there some regression to the mean there? You know, we'll see. I mean, obviously they need Parker Bjorklund to be healthy. Um, we're going to find that we're going to find out what they're made of. They got Montana state coming up. Ken Palm, uh, 179. There's a lot of common opponents with them too, you know? Um, and so we'll be able to kind of see how they match up. Uh, Montana state's pretty good. They're, they're pretty good. Not as good as last year, but they're, they're pretty good. Uh, they got Idaho state, you know, Ken Palm 311 and then green Bay, uh, they're Ken Palm 358. They literally, not only are they, uh, over on the year, but they've haven't come remotely close to winning a game. Um, so I mean, they did just today against IUPUI, who's probably three. Oh yeah. Cause IUPUI is like the only one ring, ring below yeah. them. Didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if, if we ever want to fret about the bottom of the summit league, we yeah. are not the bottom of the horizon. Yes. I mean, holy smokes. It, yeah. And Green Bay has been a pretty good program for a while, but they just, they, they've gone through a lot of, um, there were a lot of issues with coaches and a lot of stuff went yeah. on there, but I mean, yeah, literally. So yeah, I mean, Idaho state and green Bay, well, I guess they were two for 14 coming into today. So now they're what three for 15. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, really Montana state's the only game that we're going to really get a great, uh, great yeah. look at, uh, at, St. Thomas and, and, a, and a type of opponent like that. The other two are really still aren't going to tell us much, but I mean, they're, they're handling their business. They're handling their business. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I just think it's, if we're going to say Denver hasn't shown us because of who they played. Yeah. I think we get to say that a little bit with St. Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not yeah, the same level. And it's, it doesn't even mean, you know, I, I guess I appreciate St. Thomas fans. Cause I think they always think St. Thomas should be, higher unless they're at one um but uh like i I just i watched last year and and it just faded so bad second half of last year i just want to see a little bit more yeah i mean those things can still be there the reason why a team can fade because they're accustomed to shooting 50 percent from the field and then they drop down to 43 right which is still good but if it takes 50% 50% shooting to beat some of these teams, that could be a red flag as to you can't do that the whole year. Right. Um, you know, obviously Parker Bjorkman being down, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be fine. They're not going to catch people by surprise uh, anymore. I think, you know, playing against them in that style is important. Um, but, you know, like, like I said, they're, they're still trying to get comfortable at this level. And yeah. so I, I think they're doing that. They're, they're taking steps. And there's a lot of ta- those freshmen are talented, especially Rody sure. and Reed. They, sure. There's a lot of talent there. It's not, I, I mean, if they finished third, I I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. But I just don't. I I think this is kind of where they belong right now. And six through ten, you kind of mentioned it. It beats me. Put them all in a hat and pick them out. Yeah. If you want pretty to. much. Decide. Much at this point. And, and that was some of the response after I put my own personal power rankings out. That, well, I would put this six through ten. You tell me whatever, and I will. Yeah. Maybe not agree with you because it's not what I put down, but I will. I can't argue very hard. I'm just but shocked there wasn't a six nine or six ten kid in the portal that wanted to go play in Minneapolis. Yeah. St. Thomas, they need that in the worst way, especially they, after last year. They uh, they might be they might just be a couple. I mean, they're not eligible for the tournament. Maybe there's a little bit to of that to it. Yeah. Uh, but 
yeah, I, at the same time, it's, I mean, Courtney, Courtney Brown helps yeah. and, and gives them some size down low, but that is, that is still the thing. I, it'll take a couple of years and getting a couple more uh, commits in there that have some size to, to mm-hmm. really make a difference. Yeah. I, there'll be a fascinating matchup against like a Kansas city who's all youth, but <laughs> looks gigantic when they come yeah. off the bus. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, you had put down some different notes for some different teams. So what I was thinking is you just name off the team and we'll give give a couple notes and we'll just chat about them. Yeah, I mean, we, we've already sort of hit uh, on a lot of them just kind of weaving through here. I mean, we hit on we hit on NDSU, you know, we, we, we touched on Oral Roberts and sort of their schedule. We, we hit on Denver, um, you know, Western Illinois. Again, the important things to point out here is with Masner and without Masner. And yeah. And and you were on that. He's probably the most important, most valuable player in the whole league. So he was out. He came back. They beat Southern Indiana, uh, 236 Ken Palm, and then University of Texas Rio Grande, uh, 325 Ken Palm. So uh, two teams um, that aren't great, but, you know, they scored 20 points per game more when he's playing. And it's totally different. And they they play a really short bench, like maybe six guys. And so – you know, they're going to ride their horses. Uh, Rosner has been everything they'd hoped he'd be. Um, but again, as long as Masner's there and as long as they say injury free, they're going to be pretty good. But the moment one of their guys goes down and not even Masner, like even when, you know, all the starters are very important. Um, yeah. They could have a big drop off, but they don't, uh, they don't have it right now. So they're, you know, back on track. You, you want to see him on the court and uh, he's healed up. So that's good. Um, we talked about South Dakota, you know, again, I, I still think the ability to beat BYU with like a combined nine points or something like that, uh, from Archambault and, uh, Plitz White, I think that's pretty, a pretty good indication of the things that they can accomplish. Um, that's definitely different than a lot of teams in the league, in my opinion. So, um, South Dakota state, that's another fascinating one. Um, yeah all six losses have been to teams within the Ken Palm top 172. So it's like the only team and, and four have been against Ken Palm top 100 teams. So, I mean, that's, those are not teams that they're going to, you know, the teams that they've lost to are not represented in the summit league. So, right. Man, they must have a, no, there's only one really that is. Yeah. I mean, They've been cashing a lot of checks. I wonder what they're going to spend that money on. I don't know. I, I, I'm curious. <laughs> we got to ask some questions. They've been cashing right. some checks. Um, my only complaint, I tweeted about it, but man, they need to teach them how to hard foul so they stop getting dunked on so hard. Yeah. <laughs> we both the Arkansas and Alabama game. Jeez, take a hard foul. Just armbar somebody. Just stop that. I don't want to watch right. that. But, well, but and I mean, that. Go ahead. That that uh, Alabama game that was more. I mean, no one expects them to beat Alabama, right? But that but that felt more like the South Dakota State team we're used to. Yeah, it, you just see. I mean, they're just man. They they're not going to just blow out teams, but you're going to have to absolutely wrestle a win away from them. Holy yeah. smokes, they are well, tough, tough physically, tough mentally, and you know, really, my question is is that enough? You know, yeah. they, lo- they lost their two most dynamic players. 
and, and, and there isn't a there isn't a guy there, right? If I, and, if like, we, is it, and I'm it, not saying Zeke Mayo can't be, but yeah. it's, I, I don't it's know difficult that Luke, for the shooting guard to be the guy anyway. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, and we'll see where they get to by the end of the year. But you know, I, I agree. You you, you were on this a couple of weeks ago, where it's like, is that enough? You know right. how, how can how can you possibly lose your two your two most dynamic players I should say I don't want to use the word best but like dynamic players right. and still be able to get it done um I don't know we're we're gonna find out it's really interesting in terms of roster construction because you know usually coaches aren't thinking I just want five solid guys you know what I mean right. like that's not you know no highlight tapes show that. It's really hard to identify in recruiting unless you really get to know a kid. But, you know, they, they got they got some tough dudes down there and I got a lot of respect for that. So, I mean, they're they're controlling everything that they can control. So, I mean, really outside of the James Madison game where they lost by 19, it's it's been nothing but solid performances out of them. And like I said, they paid a lot of bills and people should completely disregard their record. It's not in any way indication of what their type of team they are. So, um not they're not without questions, but um, that's just that was just sort of what I'm seeing um, with that. Um, well, and, and you know, Greg, who knows more basketball probably than the two of us mm-hmm. will will ever know, just keeps mm-hmm. going back to they're solid, they're going to be there, and I, I guess I have to trust that if it's coming from Greg too. Like yeah, it, it, it's it and they're graded on such a different curve, so yeah. like. If this was, I don't know, anybody else, we'd be going, ah, you know, look what they did against this team. And look, you know, yeah. so it's just they've, they they already have a little bit more of a hill to climb than others. Yeah. There's nothing more insulting than lowering expectations. And we're not going to lower our expectations for South Dakota State. And I hope they take that the right way. Right. So that, that's kind of my thought with that. Um, you know, back to South Dakota. Mm-hmm. I still don't know how they do it. I mean, they yeah. play basically one guy over six five, six six. Yeah, yeah. I just, I don't know how you can do that and not get just, just. I, I mean, against BYU, that's a, yeah, that's a big team. I'll, I'll say this, you know, like if I'm posting up, I would much rather go against a big guy than a more active guy. Definitely. Uh, Big guys, you know where they are, you know, they, you, you don't have to wonder. They're not going to knock the ball away. They're just kind of taking up a lot of space. But honestly, it never really bothered me at all going up against a bigger guy. Going up against like a six, like a six five, six six, six seven guy who's really active and just all over the place, like that's, I think that's much harder. Yeah. And in addition to that, a big part about this is being able to guard and hedge ball screens. Like they can do that. And Comateros does a pretty good job with that. And so that's incredibly important more than ever. I mean, you don't have, you're not going up against Shaquille O'Neal here. You know, I mean, if, if they're six ten and they can operate on the block, they're playing at a high, high, high level, you know? So, so it's, it's probably one of those things that you can kind of mask a little bit um, at this level, especially when you have guards as good as they do, in my opinion. So well, uh, and that's that's a good point because there's a couple of seven footers in the Summit League that we never even see, yeah, because they just don't have the yeah. the, the the skill at least right now to mm-hmm. to find their way to the court very often. Right, right. yeah, and, and if they do, you just put them in a ball screen. 
you put them in a ball screen and they're in big trouble. So, um, but you know, Kansas city, obviously it's a really interesting team. Um, we've talked about their roster construction a couple different times. Um, it's all about their two wins, you know, over Toledo and Indiana state, you know, Ken Palm 97, Ken, Ken Palm 115, two, two really the more impressive wins. Um, but you know, other than that, you know, they beat Lindenwood, Ken Palm 347, awful team and a lower level team. Um, but they've had three pay games and they've also lost to Idaho state, you know, really, really one of the, you know, uh, worst teams, not only in that conference, but in college basketball. And so, um, right. they play six. And that guys. was at home, I think. Yeah. And, and they, they basically play six guys. And so I think you just, you, you, you focus on the three division one wins and you say, okay, that's probably in, in those games is probably most indicative of like what, what we can expect going forward. Um, so Shamari Allen and Raquandis Mitchell accounted for the average scoring 60, 62.3% of their team's points in those three wins. Wow. So there you go. Right. Oh. <laughs> that, that, that's it right there. <laughs> Have, you know, let, let, let them cook. And uh, if they get anything else outside of those two, it's just a bonus. But um, you know, as those two go, so does this entire team. So uh, two seniors as well. So. Well, uh, and how cool is that, that, that with the coaching change, Shamari Allen stays around. Yeah. And goes from five points a game to 15. Flourishes. Flourishes, I, I, man. Yeah. I, I mean, didn't even hit a three-point basket last year, if I remember right. Yeah. Good on him and good on the coaching staff, man. Yeah. Like, good both ways. You just don't see that a whole lot. No. I mean, the portal, you know, it opened today in college football, and man, it. <laughs> I know. It's, yeah. it's, there's going to be a lot of disappointed, you know, the best way that I can explain it, you stay at your school. You you know who you have to beat out. Right. You, you know what you have to do. You have equity in there. The coaches you have equity with the coaching staff. You enter the portal. You have to beat out a thousand other kids instead of one. <laughs> you know. Well, and, and um and and think about that when Shamari Allen hits because he can defend. He's got good size. Yeah. You know you got teams reaching out and you end up at wherever just because they're playing North Dakota State. You end up at Portland. You yeah. play six minutes a game. And career over career's done. Yeah. Like just, yeah. It, and I'm not saying there aren't guys that stay around and then don't find a chance, but I, I, I don't know. I, when you're hitting that portal, I, I hope you're playing, find relationships, find coaches that people, you know, trust, like, I don't know how else to even say it. Like you're just taking a big, big chance. Numbers and, are getting worse. Yeah. Your chances of entering the portal are getting worse, and they're only going to get worse next year when they have to guarantee your scholarship through your fifth year or when you graduate. So yeah. I get it. There's a lot of good reasons to transfer, but all the data is telling us it's a it's a awful idea. And, and it, almost all the coaches are going to tell you the greatest things. Yeah. And then when they take in three other guys, you've suddenly – They haven't invested in you. Yeah. No. So, you know – so, but, um, but a pretty interesting situation with those two, you know, accounting for 62.3% of their score. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's yeah. And Rick, Ray Mitchell. And I mean, I don't know what it is with Kansas city. Cause they got Evan Gilliard last year who, you know, had a decent career, but then just exploded there. And yeah. Ray Mitchell, another guy that, 
you know, was kind of a role player at Illinois Chicago and just came in and wow. The both yeah. those guys, him and Allen. They, there, there's just no substitute for senior guards. Yeah, None. true. That, that, that have played a lot of, I mean, we, we're, we're going to talk about that all year long. Like, and that's with Anderson cop out, I think still another month. Yeah. Yeah. We even forget he's not there right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. And probably was the person we thought every they'd be counting on the most. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that, you know, they've actually navigated it pretty well. You know, I think yeah. we're, people really didn't know what to expect. And you know, those two wins, um, we'll see how they finish things out here, but, um, you know, it, 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 you, you can see that they can do it. Right. Yeah. Like that's what you're trying to see. Like you're trying to get traction and I, I think they have it. So they, you know, their non-conference has to be seen as a success. Um, you know, moving on to UND, it's really just, it's really interesting. They're like I said, they are a lot like NDSU and that they're playing more guys than they'd like to, but the same guys do not bring it every single night. And so they have to, and that's hard because they've shown flashes. They've played well from time to time. It's, they just can't build in the same direction that they'd like to. And so the thing is like, you go, okay, do you force it? And you, you, you cut the rotation down. Well, I mean, if they'd have done that, they'd have, they'd have left Johnny Levias out. If they had done this a month ago. And now he's, they have a hard time taking him off the floor, quite frankly. Right. Because he plays with so much composure. He can shoot past dribble. He's like another point guard out there. He's just, he's just a very smart player. And just because he's somewhat consistent, he's like irreplaceable now. And he wasn't in the yeah. rotation a month ago. So this is just kind of where they're at. Like, ideally, in these next three games, they really, really start to pare down that rotation. And, um, you know, it's just what's complicating things is, you know, Mitchell Sucre not being able to play the four. Um, just cause more teams are just playing, you know, a post and three and four guards. Um, so he's basically playing the back of five and that's kind of tricky because you want his offense out there, but he's just not able to guard the four. And so that's really complicating things. Um, you know, but it, they could realistically get to conference play with seven wins. You know, yeah. if they finish with, uh, Idaho who actually is playing better. They're Ken Palm three thirty, but they just beat Pacific. So, and Pacific, we know all about Pacific and then in Seattle, the Saturday they're, they're really good, actually really good. And they're Ken Palm one thirty four, and then in, in the North central. So, I mean, they could end up with seven, seven wins and they had six all last year. So, I mean, they're making progress. It's just not as much as they'd like, and it's not in the way that they'd like, but at the same time, it's, it's, maybe they're just on a different timeline than everyone else, you know? Um, and that said, like, Pacific, or I mean, uh, Seattle's a really good mid-major program mm-hmm. and, and should beat UND. But how much more fun to watch them play Seattle yeah. than play, you know, whatever, USC or UCLA. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, it just, it, it's, there is at least a measuring stick to that. Yeah. When you lose by 35 to a power five team like that, what, what, what do you even gain from that? Why, when, what, from our end, I know, I know what they gain, but yeah. it's a, a paycheck, but uh, from our end, like, how do you even talk about it? Right. So it's I mean, fun to see these 100 to 150 games that challenges teams a little bit, but mm-hmm. also, you know, maybe they can sneak something. Yeah. I mean, that would be incredible if they were, if they were to be able to beat Seattle, I mean, it really changes things they certainly weren't projected to be Cal state Fullerton and Utah tech. 
Right. I mean, two teams hovering right around 200 Ken Palm, and they handled both of them like by 15 points. Um, they were good defensively. By, by the way, North Dakota State has Portland at only nine points with six minutes left in the first half. Hmm. Portland so, only has nine points? Yeah, something like that. It was 19-9 with 13-32, I mean, 6-32 left in the first half. Huh. Well, I officially know nothing about college basketball, so who knows? <laughs> well, it just happened to be be live, so it is what it is. We don't we don't know either. But uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Sure enough, yeah, it's twenty one to nine. Twenty one to nine was six minutes yeah. left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, Portland's one ten. They're right around one hundred in, in the Ken Palm. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought they were pretty good. I thought they were you, pretty good when you and you played them. So you know, you um, know, it's where same theme as uh, Kansas City. Yeah. What about uh, Sotne and uh, and Matt Norman? Like, guys that just didn't seem to be fitting last year, and now they come in this year? Yeah. And, yeah, it's just that same thing with yeah. Shamari Allen. Like, it's yeah, just I mean, fun they're, to watch. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're giving them every opportunity. You know, Sotne got in big, uh, big-time fall trouble at Portland. Um, that didn't help. But he's gotten better. You know, they're counting on him a little bit more. He worked extremely hard this offseason. You know, Matt Norman, it's, um, you know, when he's catching and shooting, it's great. Anything outside of that, you hold your breath. You know, he's putting his ball, putting the ball on the floor when he's guarding a little bit. But it's just like at some point, you have to kind of force it a little bit. You have to force them along and and, and trust that they're going to improve. And, you know, they're they're trying to. They're, they're, they're working at it. But, you know, we'll see how it ends up. But. You know, so Omaha's the last team that we haven't talked about here, you know, and I didn't realize how difficult their schedule was yeah, until yeah. I looked at it. It's I mean, five nasty. games, yeah, five games within the Ken Palm top 100. I mean, are you kidding me? Yep. Like, like that's essentially what South Dakota State's done. And uh, South Dakota State and Omaha have basically played the two hardest schedules. Um, but yeah, and, they, in, and they've won the games that have been yeah in the 200s. Yeah, I mean, three and one in like level games. Yeah. So that's really should be, that that should be the record that people care about three and one. Yeah. Um, so they end with Drake, Ken Palm, uh, 71, Montana state, uh, Ken Palm, 179 in a lower level game. So no rest for the weary for them, man. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I'm guessing coach Crutchfield didn't put that schedule together himself. I'm guessing that was yeah, like probably set when he got no. there. So, no, that uh, was probably a coachless one where they're like, well, let's make some money before we yeah. get a coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but, I mean, Montana but, State's not a bad – it's a way, but that's not a bad uh, let's kind of see where we're at kind of game. Yeah, they're not unbeatable. And yeah. it gives them a good opportunity to test themselves against a team that's played against, you know, three or four Summit League teams. So there's yeah. a lot to be learned there. They're not unbeatable. You know, they lost a lot of teams. They, they have a couple nice players, but – um, you know, yep. the, the thing I do want to remind everybody about though, is, you know, Fiddler, Sutton, Marshall, White, all sophomores, all sophomores. Yeah. Yep. So they're I mean, almost as young as Kansas city, like in, in yeah. starters. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that Kansas city has are those, are those two senior guards, but outside of that, I mean, it's very similar and, and these guys are gonna, I guess they're not true sophomores. I think Fiddler maybe, but you know, the rest of the guys aren't, but but still, soft, I mean, they got a lot of basketball ahead of them. So this is even more about just, you know, still developing culture and all this stuff than, than necessarily wins yeah. and losses. And so it, they've really had a tough go of it. 
I'm just really curious to see like how they come out the other side of this, you know, like there's definitely a danger in, in like accepting and being okay with losing. And I'm not saying that is happening, you know, but it's a lot easier than people think for it to kind of seep in, you know, that, uh, oh, we're young or, oh, we've had a hard, you know, and, and, and it just not, you know, um, no, that matters once the conference season rolls around. So, I mean, it just depends on how they handle this, how they mentally handle this, how they approach getting better. And, you know, so we'll know if it's good or bad in, uh, middle of January, probably. So, yeah. 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 Frank, I mean, and some of this is with Frankie Fiddler struggling a little bit from the field and, and I, I think he'll be all right, but I, there's a lot of room for growth there with their young players. So that, they they might be okay. It's just so hard to know with that bottom five. Like that's just the yeah. I they really don't part. think we know. Right. Yeah. Now. I mean, and, and and it's gonna be. It's wild that it's legitimately like probably over half the conference. Yeah. Yeah. Know? So, and but but that's what's gonna make this year so fun. I mean, we we say we say this every single podcast, but that's what's yeah. gonna make this year so fun. But, I mean. I, I mean, we went through an entire year of of t- running out of things to say for the best team in the yeah. league because they were. Well, South Dakota State's doing pretty well. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then we didn't even is... try to like show how Oral Roberts might be able to. Yeah. Trip them up, but it just never happened. We yeah. couldn't do it with a straight face. I mean, everybody else is just rearranging chairs on the deck of the Titanic. Basically. Right. So. Yeah. Not this year. Not this year. I mean, Oral Roberts may get to that level. They might. But even if they do. There's still plenty else to talk about. There's more else to right. talk about. Right. Oh man, makes Max Aismas look like Max <coughs> against uh, Tulsa. Yeah, that was yep. fun to see. Yep, that that's coming back. It, it's. It, I mean, how cool is that to see those those games where whether it's like a, you know, or Roberts Tulsa or like a Cincinnati Xavier or something like that. You know, like <laughs> can't imagine having two schools in the same town like that. Yeah. But, yep. Pretty pretty cool, and they got uh, yeah. Some it, it's similar enough in yeah. And last year Oklahoma State went in there too. Went to uh, the maybe center if I remember right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do remember right. I was there. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, they kind of have that area all to themselves, so they 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 kind of mm-hmm. have that advantage as well. Yeah. Well, it, let's. I mean, we'll oh, see go how ahead. Teams finish up though. I mean, yeah. You know, they, they all have. They all have, um, you know, looking at their schedule, it seems like almost everybody has, you know, like one or two solid games and then, and then a lower level game. And then we get to play for keeps and we get to play yeah. for real. And we don't have to talk about all this context and Ken Palm and net rankings and stuff like that. Right. We set all that stuff aside and just worry about wins and losses, period, and not having to like legitimize them or add context. So, right. Yeah. I don't know if how everybody at home is feeling, but this is the time of year where I just start going. All right, let's get some conference games in. <laughs> it's annoying to have to keep track of like, right? You know, when you're trying to do research and stuff like that, it's like during the conference season, it's great because you're always watching two teams at once that can help. Right, right. And yeah. I was just like, oh great, I got to do research on Cal State Fullerton for right. two hours, and then I get to forget about it forever. And so, like, you don't really build on what you know. There's all these little like kind of check-ins during the non-conference season, and right. so it's gonna be nice to really build on what we know going forward yeah yeah the horizon does two weeks of uh conference play starting last week hmm. which interesting idea i, I kind of like it myself 
where they get, I think they get four games in and then they go back to non-conference again. Well, and and frankly, I like it if they could find a way that then there was more non-conference during that time when students aren't there. Yeah. Which is, which is an interesting angle. Um, Also, I wonder, do they have an arrangement with somebody else to do this at that time or something like maybe, that? Like maybe I don't know that. Like I'd be curious to see who who they're getting games. It's interesting. So I just did um, some Division two games last weekend, and man, they had a couple games canceled because of weather, but they they have like three games in, like three non conference games. And they jump right into the conference season. Uh, <laughs> it's so yeah. it's it's a different it's a whole different deal, you know. I mean, yeah. I I think it's the perfect opportunity for the reaching the summit MTE slash four conference uh travel schedule for that time but uh you know just just the great uniter that's all yeah it's it's uh it's gonna happen i believe it's gonna happen i so, it, it, it does seem to make sense the more we look at these schedules and just again i i personally like when somebody plays ball state because mm-hmm. then i can tell it tells us something yeah and i know well, we're not getting rid of kansas people going to Kansas and frankly, some of the players in the summit, what a cool experience, like to get yeah. to go there, see what they got there. But I know we're not getting rid of that, but it just, I would like to get rid of a little bit of these non D one games and playing St. Francis, New York. It's a tremendous opportunity for some presenting headlining sponsor to be a part of probably the greatest MTE you know, I'll put it slightly ahead of the Maui Invitational. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. So if you want to be the presenting sponsor, let us know. We'll we'll lead the way, and uh, everything will fall into place after that. I, I'm sure of it. But heck, a traveling trophy happens year after year. I I think there's potential there. Yeah, we'll make something up. We're gonna have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Would, nobody would say no. Nobody would say no. no. I I don't see why not. I, yeah. I I think it's they're just waiting for a, a a podcast to talk about it year after year and then make a That's decision. That's right. Just enough pressure from us, right? Right. Yes. Definitely. Uh, one other thing, uh, we had a a really cool um, Creighton versus Nebraska, Baylor Shireman versus Sam Griesel. That yeah. was a lot of fun. I don't know if you had a chance to watch that, but man, Sam Griesel is playing really good <laughs> he's he's playing really good uh, yeah. yeah yeah he is shining out there wow <coughs> yeah that's pretty cool situation. to see mm-hmm. yeah i didn't yeah. get to see it i did see the box score though but yeah nebraska they might have something there yeah they they they've we're off to kind of a rough start but you know all of a sudden you go and beat creighton you know yeah. in addition to a top 10 team i mean your your home state team and all that good stuff so really right. cool just thought i'd pass that along yeah yeah, we had Tyree Eady playing. Who did he play up against? North Dakota. Um, they North played, they played uh, somebody. Uh, Omaha. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. Yep. 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 Yeah, he's gonna have a nice year too. Might be. I mean, we might have just brought up two reasons why North Dakota State's off to a slow start. Yeah. Um. T- t- tough deal for them. Tough deal for them. But yeah. uh, you know, I. It, it, that's just the way of the world. And we'll see how it plays it out. You know, we'll see how it plays out. Let's I'm just about, I'm trying to pull up that, uh, Omaha, North Texas box score here. Um, so Edie is back in the starting lineup now. That's interesting. Cause he was out of the he starting was in that game. I, I wasn't paying North, you know, a whole lot of attention to North Texas before that, but 
Yeah, yeah. So he's back in the starting lineup, and he's scored six points in 20 minutes for North Texas. So at least he's playing now. Because before it started out, he was, like, not really in the rotation. And I was like, oh, man, great. That's not the way to end your career. But um, yeah. also, some people may recognize the name Kai Huntsbury as their starting point guard. From oh, yeah. Century. So. Yeah. Crazy world. Trying to keep track yeah. of all this stuff. but. Well, I suppose we talked enough Summit League basketball today, huh? I think we got it, man. I think we got, right. uh, you know, trying to give enough overview of everything with not trying to overanalyze it with stuff that is irrelevant. So, yeah, 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 it's 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 it'll be fun as the as the conference season develops and we start to really get to know some of, with yeah. the, with the like opponents, some, with some of the players that are going to shine um, mm-hmm. and and just who, who will continue to surprise us. I would argue there's at least 10 players that we would not have guessed. We're going to do what they're doing, and, and it's fun to watch. Yeah, that's going to happen. Stats matter more. We're going to be able to break things down a little bit better. We'll be able to just talk about, like, individual matchups more, um, right. all that stuff. So it just we, we get more in-depth as the season rolls around. Yep, absolutely. All right, well, we'll wrap up for today then on a special Monday edition of the Reaching the Summit podcast. Until next time. 